0: So, with that, I'm just going to want you to to welcome them. Yeah! Thanks, Fred. Yes, the first time that we met, I don't remember how many Montana camps ago it was, like seven or eight years ago. It was a strange year in Montana because it was up on the mountain pass. It was really melty. And we could hike in, you know, June way up to mountain lakes that normally aren't accessible and Michelle and I with our little or kid I mean the kids were all little I think all my kids were there and we all started hiking and pretty soon Michelle and I are like sinking deep into snow with our feet and kind of making our way it wasn't always graceful our husbands were nowhere to be found they were like <laughs> yards behind us talking and we could have fallen off the cliff I wasn't ahead. I mean, they would never have known. They just—they just started talking. They didn't look to the left or the right. I'm not sure they saw any scenery, and it's been like that ever since. We've learned to entertain ourselves, so they are really funny. Um, I wanted—if you are not on our mailing list, I just wanted to send this around, um, and it's just name, email. You can put your mailing address on there, but I, you know, it's who wants to pay 50 cents a letter anymore, when you can email. 60, thank you. So don't even bother. Just name and email, but please make it legible. I have, my dad and I have done intercession over that list. Like, is that, what is that, you know? So use your big boy printing for that, if you wouldn't mind. I would appreciate it, and so would my daddy. Um so those of you, I don't know if there's anybody in here that has never um, met us before, but Johnny and I have eight children, and we were going about our merry business, you know, just nice Christian family, and, and the Lord just turned our uh, trajectory. In, a, in one specific day, it was December seventh, two 2012, and he actually said to us separately, Hey, the things that I've been pouring into your family, I want you to go teach the church. And it was kind of a shocking day because we had no intentions of doing that. I was happily just being a mom and he was just a physician. And we were just going through life trying to obey and do what the Lord said. Um, And so, but since that day, we're like, okay, we, uh, you have our pre, yes, you know, it's like whatever the Lord asks, we've already said yes. He has the yes. And so we have been doing that since that time. And I um, wanted just, before Johnny comes up and shares his word, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things that are on the back table. We have something new this year. We have both our powerhouse family course and our ultimate marriage course on USBs. Um, they, I think, are 35 $35 for both of for one of the teaching series and um, at Montana Family Camp the McGills bought the ultimate marriage course and they thought this pre printed workbook was theirs to take and I didn't have the heart. So I only have my sample copy of the printables available on the USB For the powerhouse course (laughs) but it comes with like a leader's guide worksheets all the things that we if we went and taught the course we always bring printable materials to that so you can kind of get a glimpse of what you can print off of here this has eight teachings and i really feel like The church at large just needs, everybody needs to listen to this because there's no way we can head the direction that the kingdom's heading unless we get the foundational principles of what the Lord established in us and in our families. Um, Because it's really the framework that we go in and then do the rest of the things that the Lord has for the establishment of his kingdom over the earth. And so um, I just listen to it. Take a second. A teaching series and then we also teach what we call the ultimate marriage course um, and we have this recorded now as well and it also has a leader's guide if you wanted to do it in a small group it has the worksheets all the things um, any visuals that Johnny uses when he's teaching will be in your printed materials so you'll be able to follow along with that perfectly we um, we teach the ultimate marriage course I think it's three times a year in Wisconsin, and that's you know on the other side of Chicago. (laughs) However, um, we just we do three weekends. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so, if you are feeling like, hey, we you know want to do more than just audio, we want a hands-on, in-person something for your marriage, then that would be available. I think all the dates are on our website. We're booked through 2023, I think, with Wilderness Fellowship. Randy, who leads wilderness, is like the world's greatest cheerleader.
1: Well, they have, they have these cabins that they built in this beautiful place. The grounds are just unbelievable. But it's truly a place for you as a couple to just escape and unplug. <laughs> um, and you're teaching on marriage. And so it's the, the way they organize these weekends are just fantastic. And couples just leave so refreshed. Um, even if it's just, just getting away, you know? Uh, but it's a beautiful place. It is, it is western Wisconsin. So it's a little drive from here, but it's not the other side of the world. And, um so if you guys just need to get away, please consider that. Um, do we have that on our website too? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so gofam.org. Um but it's Wilderness Fellowship, so you can jot that down as well. So. Um, I, I just want to real briefly share with you, uh, my podcast. I'm on my third season of doing a weekly podcast called Pushback with Dr. Johnny. And, uh, and I've, I've, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, they're usually only about 25 minutes long. So, you know, back and forth to work, that kind of deal. Um, but I really am trying to connect with sort of the cultural things that are happening in our world today. Um, and not only just talk about them, but try to give sort of tools and language for us to actually engage culture. Um, as family goes, so goes the culture. That's always true. It's always been true. It will always be true. And so as we as Christian families actually talk about these things, learn about these things, we actually learn about how we can interact with culture because we are actually the culture setters. We're, we're not, you know, we're not helpless victims of the culture where we just bob down the river and go, oh well, I guess things are changing. <laughs> you know, we, the, we're actually here on this earth as ambassadors of heaven. And, and he actually expects us to be the ones that actually shift culture, actually set culture, and so we don't know how to talk about it. If the only way we know how to talk about it is with a fist and being angry, guess what? That closes doors to the world that really needs us. And so, really, the heart of this is is um, you know all various topics. I laugh because I started this on January first, twenty twenty. And then shortly thereafter, there was the election issues, there was COVID, that took place, all of these crazy cultural things. And of course, it hasn't really slowed down, has it? And so there's always something new. And so I, I used to record these a little bit in advance just so that in case I traveled or was gone. And I quickly learned that I couldn't do that anymore because things would change so fast. And so, so we're on our way to camp and I recorded two sessions in a row because I knew I was going to be gone at camp. Literally, we get on the road and we find out that row versus weight is overturned. And I'm like, yes! Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to redo my podcast because I have to talk about that because, you know, about... 50, 40 to 50% of the things I talk about have a lot to do with life and abortion and some of those topics as well. So so I've learned to just wait. I wait till the Tuesday before the Wednesday to just find out what's happening in the world. But I try to be pretty current events about it. Um, so I encourage you to connect with that. Um, pushbackculture.org Org. Pushbackculture.org um, That'll have the link to podcast. We'll have the link to YouTube if you want to see my smiling face. Um, it's usually me in my baseball cap, kind of post call, <laughs> scrubs, whatever. Um, but uh, but it's just a, it's a casual conversation about all different sorts of topics. So you can go back and and review some of the, the old ones as well. And and I encourage you to connect with that. So I will just I think just close this. I don't need that anymore? So um, just being obedient. What is what is your name, Linda? Um, so. <coughs> While we were worshiping, um, the Lord actually gave me two things for you. Um, The first is the word freedom. And I just kind of saw it like you had this bandana. I kind of saw it like written on your bandana, like this word freedom. And I just believe that the Spirit is, is bringing you into sort of this unprecedented season of freedom in your life. Now, freedom doesn't necessarily mean, hey, I get to do whatever I want to do. That's not what freedom is. But I think he's actually removing some of these things off of you, like breaking some things off of you, um, maybe even some heavy things off of you, so that you are able to operate in in a greater amount of freedom and lightness. And so the second thing he showed me um, is, is actually a house of cards. And, and on these cards are, are even some, some, some hard things, maybe even in your life, some pain, some things that have even been spoken over you. Some things were written on the cards that actually you had written about yourself. Um, but the, the Father wants to tell you this morning that it's a house of cards. <laughs> like, it's, it doesn't have, carry any weight. And, and he just told me in the spirit over you to just kind of go, Whoosh. he's just blowing that down. Those those things in the past, even some of those words that have hurt in the past, um, they're just getting blown down by the Holy Spirit today. Um, you don't have to carry any of those things anymore. So I just release freedom over you, Linda. Is it okay if I put my hand on your head? Yes. Yeah. So Father, I just release it, a, just a spirit of freedom over Linda, Lord. I thank you for what a blessing she is to the kingdom. And Lord, any of these things, any of these heavy things, even from her past or from her family, Lord God, I just, I just break those off right now, and she doesn't have to carry those anymore, Lord. And so, Lord, I just release that freedom over her, Lord. Even as she leaves today, Lord, she'll feel lighter. Um, and refreshed uh, and, and and greater amount of wisdom and insight, Lord, for what you're calling her into. So Lord, I just bless Linda and I thank you for her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, bless you. Yes. So I'm feeling really good this morning. My my hoarseness from singing John Denver is better. So hallelujah. Until, until I went to the quarry and they started playing all of these 70s and 80s And so then I started singing at the top of my lungs with that as well. And so now I'm starting to feel that a little bit again. Um, At which point I started quizzing the children, you know, like, who sings this song? I was doing all the quizzing, you know. And it was the Beatles. Is that better? Beatles? Uh, uh, Look at Kevin's face. Beatles, it was Elton John, I mean, some of those kind of things. At at which point Lucy said, do you remember what you said to me when I was quizzing you? Do you remember? (laughs) She's not going to admit it. She said... That's old man music yeah. <laughs> At which point I said You shouldn't talk about Pastor Fred like that so, so, yeah. <laughs> We had so much fun You guys know that Pastor Fred's A really good diver, did you know that? Did you know that? I mean I'm just telling you These are some things that a body A, a body should know <laughs> Oh, uh, let's pray, Heavenly Father. We just love you. We thank you for this house, Lord. We thank you for for fun and being together and fellowshipping with one another and and enjoying your presence, Lord God. Oh, your presence. Oh, hmm. Father, as we sing about your presence this morning, Lord God, it's it's so it's so easy to understand that it's. That's what it's all about. Like, it simplifies things, God, just knowing that you're with us and you love us so much. And when we connect to your presence, we all feel it. We feel that place of satisfaction, that place of contentment, that place of, of warmth and embrace that only a father can give. And so, Papa, we just uh, we honor you in this place. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love and your goodness towards us, and we celebrate it every day of our life. And, and what a privilege it is, Lord, to come together as a body and share it together, um, because that's just your heart. So we we love you so much, God. In your name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, okay. so there's that. Um, so, guys, you know, a little bit of a departure this morning um, for me. Um, because I, I really feel like this Lord, the Lord has deposited this message really very specifically for you. And that doesn't always happen. I mean, the Lord does operate through me prophetically and get words for people, but um, not very often have I been given sort of a prophetic message um, and so I, I really want you to lean into it and, and most importantly these two people in the front row I really want you guys to lean into this because it's really really for you and, uh, and, it, and it really isn't coming specifically just from a place that I love you because sometimes it can just be a word of encouragement but I really believe that this is coming from heaven for you Um, And and the more he was depositing and and, and downloading to me, the more I felt like, you know, when you get that really good gift for somebody at Christmas and you can't really wait for them to open it. (laughs) That's the way I felt all week. Even when I was texting, you I'm like, I feel like I'm getting something here. (laughs) Ever since then, I've been very excited to release this. I'm just going to ask that you guys lean into it. Uh, Let me just do... Five minutes of teaching, and then I have a story to tell, and then we'll (laughs) at the very end we'll get to the the punchline here. But um, in Ephesians four, it talks about you know the sort of the what we call the office gifts or the ministerial gifts um, that that is given to the church, um, and this is what it says. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Pretty powerful statement. But, but I, I want to break that down. There's sort of this, what we call the fivefold ministerial gifts. We've heard of these before. You know, um, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles. But um, I just want to be clear, for the vast majority of us, um, we are the saints. So it's for the equipping of the saints. That's why these offices exist—is actually to equip the saints to actually go change the world. That makes sense. So we always have to always have to remind ourselves: like, what is the purpose of these gifts? Um, What is the purpose of these offices? Why would the Lord place somebody in those offices? Because being a pastor is not always easy. Amen, brother? (laughs) Not always easy. Neither are some of the other offices that he gives us to. It's not about being easy or powerful or standing up in front. It's not about that at all. It's about equipping you all, me all, to go and change the world. And so that we have these people in place that actually impart into us so that we can become strengthened and equipped to actually go do the work. So for the vast majority of us, we are the saints, (laughs) And that's a powerful place to be. That's the tip of the sword, is to be the saints, the ones that are actually going into the world and bringing life and bringing change. Until we all come to the unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, wow. that's that's the point. That's the end game. That's the that's that's the that's the goal that we're all pointing towards. And it's for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the encouragement and the strengthening of the body. That's what it's for. So you have a pastor um, here. Um, for that purpose, that's why he is here—is actually to equip you to actually go and change the world. And so, I think it's interesting, just just real briefly, I think that each of these gifts, each of these these, these offices that are placed for the body, are actually armed with something. It's they're given sort of a um, a tool, a weapon um, that can be used to actually strengthen you and edify you. Um, I think pastors are usually armed with love. They're the shepherds. They're the ones that hold you, that, that, that come alongside of you. That's a pastoral heart. Teachers are armed with truth. If you're a teacher, you're like, truth is the key. Truth is the key. Prophets are armed with insight and with wisdom. And it's actually it's actually the real smart, savvy pastor that kind of nuzzles up next to the prophet and listens to what they have to say because they're armed with insight and wisdom. Evangelists are armed with grace, superfluous grace. See how I did there? Uh, that's actually what the Bible says about grace, is that it's superfluous. That's what Amy teaches on. They're armed with the good news, okay? Um, apostles are actually armed with Testimony with testimony, and why do I say that? Because apostles, the role of an apostle um, I, I, we have a dear friend, Kristen, who is actually just teaching us a little bit on this that, you know, when you are when you operate in an apostolic grace, apostles where, where some people are interested in healing hearts and healing bodies apostles are about healing systems <laughs> I think it's an interesting I, I love that, because when you operate, operate in an apostolic grace, it kind of makes your heart flutter when you think about that it's like, oh, I like that it's about culture. I love the word culture. And so apostles are all about culture. So in the Roman times, um, the Romans would, um, they, they um, had high value in conquering territory and taking more land. And so the Roman Empire expanded, expanded very quickly. Well, they found when they conquered land, uh, when they took more territory, that, if, that they needed to make that culture Roman. Because if they didn't, people would very quickly turn away from the Roman occupation. There would would always be conflict. And so they learned that if they could actually move into the culture, conquer the territory, and then change culture to become Roman, then they would consider themselves Roman citizens. And then there would be less pushback. Does that make sense? And so they would actually send, when, when they conquered a new territory, they would actually send artisans, architects, um, musicians, um, playwrights. They would send those type of people after the military conquering, they would send those people into the culture to make it Roman. And those people were called apostles. That, that was their title. And so it kind of makes sense. That's, that's the role of the apostolic as ambassadors of heaven so when Jesus comes along and says he gave some to be apostles, what he is saying is, is that we're actually ambassadors of heaven so that when we take territory, when we are moving on behalf of the kingdom of God, we actually then become injected into the culture so that that culture looks like heaven. <laughs> that is an apostolic anointing. That's an apostolic um. A grace that is on your life. And so when we sit here in this place called the Apostolic Restoration Center, we have to take one step back and say, okay, what is the role of that? Why is it named that? What is the purpose of that? Um, We can talk talk for weeks about the word restoration, one of my favorite words of all time, so nicely done. (laughs) Throwing that word in there. Because restoration is really what Jesus came to do. He actually came to restore the culture of heaven. That's what he came to do. But then there's this word "apostolic" in the front, and and this is this is the story that the Lord really gave to me for you and for this body. Okay, so it, it starts in uh, Acts chapter ten. Okay, a familiar character, but we're going to lean into this guy um, very. Um, Diligently here this morning. In fact, the title of my message is "The Cornelius Anointing." Sounds like a cool, like movie. Wouldn't it be kind of a cool movie, like "The Cornelius Anointing"? That's what this is about. So, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. Okay, so this dude was not a Jew. Okay, he was an Italian man. He was an Italian military man. Okay. Um, So I think that's really important and very interesting in this story. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So this is a man who is not a Jew, but he is devout, devoted, and prays regularly to Jehovah. How does that exactly work? I don't really know, honestly, how that worked or how that was working here. But for some reason, we don't know backstory on Cornelius, do we? We don't know backstory, but this guy somehow became intimately connected with Jehovah God. And he not only dedicated his life, his whole family was devout to him. And so listen to this. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So that was... Cornelius, This was this man, this Italian man, sitting in this place. And and, and that was his life. And, and he, for some reason, um, directed his whole purpose and family towards Jehovah God. So one day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius.
2: And Cornelius
1: had stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. And the angel answered, listen to this, you guys. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. This is not a Jew, right? This is just an Italian dude who's been praying so steadfastly and it was such a heart of generosity, right? That it actually came up as a memorial. The word memorial obviously means to remember. So there was something that was happening in heaven, okay? And God is sitting there in heaven and it comes to his remembrance, Cornelius. Why? Because of his prayers and gifts and generosity. What he was what he was sowing out. Fred mentioned that um, you guys are supporters of us on a regular basis. So you guys may not even all know that. Um, but the, the generosity of this house, um, the, the culture of generosity that you guys have created... Is, is an alignment with what Cornelius was carrying. That's what heaven is saying over you. It's an alignment with what this man was carrying, which was powerful, obviously powerful. It moved to heaven. Okay, so this angel shows up and says, I am here because God remembers you. He remembers the way that you have been treating others, the way that you interact with Jehovah God. So he says to him, now send men to Joppa and bring back a man called Simon, who who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. He even gave him the address. (laughs) This is where he is. And so these men go and they go try to find Peter. Now at the same time, you guys are familiar with this story. At the same time that this is happening, Peter is in an upper room and he falls into a trance. And we guys know the story. The sheet comes down from heaven and it's filled with all different types of animals. Animals that in the Jewish tradition, they do not eat, right? And the sheep, the sheet drops down and, and the word of the Lord comes to Peter and says, go ahead and eat. And Peter said, no, I've, I've never done that. I will never do that. And he says to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so it happens three times. Peter sees this three times. The sheet comes down. Peter's like, no, I can't do it. He says, don't call uh, anything impure that I have called clean. And so immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Peter comes out of this trance um, and he's sitting there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, it says, we're in verse 19 now, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them for I have sent them. And Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for these stories are so cool I'm the one you're looking for why have you come just think about that sentence for a second I'm the one you're looking for I don't know why you're here but I'm the guy and the men replied we have come from Cornelius the centurion and this is what they say he is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all of the Jewish people this Cornelius guy telling you and a holy angel told him to ask you to come to this house so that he could hear what you have to say. And so then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. So Peter obediently follows and um, he finds a large gathering of people. We're in verse 27. And he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a or visit with a Gentile. But, everybody say but, But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising an objection. May I ask why you sent for me? And Cornelius answered. Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man came in shining clothes and stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer And remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately. And it was good of you to come. Now listen. Now we are all here in the presence of God. To listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. I love these stories because, you know, Peter does not have a smartphone. He doesn't have anything prepared. He doesn't even know why he's there. (laughs) Did you catch that? Like, why exactly did you call me? And Cornelius is like, we came to hear what you have to say to us. (laughs) And Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So then Peter begins to speak by the power of the Holy Spirit and starts delivering a pretty effective message. It's pretty good. I'm not going to spend time reading it all. A couple paragraphs. It's, it's pretty good. And he ends with this, or he, he, he closes somewhat with this, all the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins throughout his name. Everyone saying everyone. 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 And this is what I love. While Peter was still speaking these words, so he was interrupted. He had, he had this message going. He was rolling. He was laying out history. He was telling him, okay, I think I know why I'm here. And says, while he was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few days. Now it's important that I go on with the story. Because remember that the apostolic is armed with testimony. With testimony. And so there's something incredibly powerful that just took place from a historical standpoint. And everybody in this room who is not Jewish, we need to give thanks about Cornelius.
2: <laughs>
1: because Cornelius was a man in which heaven um, identified as somebody in which a new movement could take place. And isn't it possible that heaven is identifying those who are devout to him, who are generous, who give freely to the poor? It's funny, you know, we, we, we always have to be careful not to make like religion out of this. But here is a man who had turned his heart, a man who didn't fit into the culture of Jehovah God. I'm just being straight with you. Didn't fit because he wasn't even Jewish. But there was something in him, and the Holy Spirit knew that there was a historical shift about to take place. And then God went, oh, I remember. I know just the guy I'm going to use. I know just the guy that I'm going to use, and he comes and he visits him, and he transforms history, fast-forwarding 2,000 years to where we're sitting right now, not not questioning whether we belong. <laughs> so we go to chapter 11. Now this is, I, I love this because it gives us even more insight into the story. Now the apostles, everybody say apostles. Apostles. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. Word travels fast. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, (laughs) the circumcision party criticized him. (laughs) Now, Jen, I don't know, we talk about, you know, the Democratic Party, the Republican This is the circumcision party, okay? Now, I'm guessing that it's probably very gender-specific, <laughs> and it requires a lot to enter, <laughs> to, to sign up. This is the circumcision party, I love that. Like, they belong to the circumcision party, and he criticized them by saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order, And he begins the story. I was in the city of Joppa praying. I saw a trance. The sheep came down. And he said, don't call, um, don't call, this way he says, "Um, what I've made clean, don't call common. This happened three times. And so he recaps the whole story. And they uh, accompanied me, and I went to Cornelius' house. And um, so they said to him, uh, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who's called Peter. And he said, he will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. So let me tell you one more facet that I think is fascinating about Cornelius that we can't lose in the story. Cornelius was a devout man. He was a man of prayer. He was a generous man. But he had command of his house. Whatever Cornelius said, the people did, including his family. So you have to understand that he sent these men on this errand, and they were like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> do you catch that? Peter came back, and it said all of them were assembled there. So it's kind of like you know, Amy and I are like, "Hey, we heard uh, this word about an a- from an angel, and we went and grabbed Pastor Fred from Ohio, and he's coming to our house. You guys should be there." <laughs> and it, and everybody's like, "Okay, okay," but I'm saying that's it. It's a culture of family. That I believe that we are entering into. I believe that there is a, a shift that's taking place that as we move together in families, that there's a trust that takes place even in parenting and in grandparenting, that when things are moving in one, that the, the kids are willing willing and ready to receive as well. It's actually a powerful anointing that's there, that actually Cornelius demonstrated. And he said, You will be saved, you and all your household. What a blessing to be part of Cornelius' household to actually be participating in history. And all they had to do was say yes. And Cornelius, this is a crazy story. They could have said, you're crazy. And, and maybe somebody did, but it doesn't seem like it. It says, all your household. They were all there, ready to receive Peter and whatever he had to say. Talk about a childlike faith, where we are just, oh, you know, it doesn't mean we don't use our brain, and we don't operate in wisdom. I'm not saying that we follow crazy things Randomly, don't misunderstand me. But there is there is a, a place of abandonment where we can where we can sit. I, I believe uh, my family has demonstrated that decently. Uh, my our, both of our parents um, were in denominational crap. <laughs> can I say that? I mean, just stuck there. And, and the Holy Spirit came like they came to Cornelius and said, I have a different way. I want to show you something. And they were both, my dad is a Lutheran minister, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it, it rocked the history of our family. Things, the trajectory of our family was never the same. And Amy and I were able to simply inherit that as we came alongside of them and as they ushered us into sort of this new world of the Spirit. And our children now travel with us and think this is just normal life. <laughs> And that's the way it should be, that's family working together. And I will testify this as well, as, as a testimony to our parents, and what a blessing they've been, if you're listening, hi, um, that there have been some things that Amy and I have been ushered into and have been taught that we brought back to our parents, and our parents have come along and said, yes, we want that too. Like, it goes both ways. Like, there's been, my, our parents have been the most movable human beings I've ever seen. Because they could say, Well, no, I've gotten new revelation in my life and now this is it. But they, they've been completely willing to receive more and more revelation and to continue to pursue greater things of the Spirit that have actually come from us. And and what a blessing it is to see that. That's how families are supposed to operate. And so when this is this is the side note, I'm going off on a tangent. This is the side note, parents. when you get breakthrough in your life when there's things that you're working through things that that you have broken through that is for your children and they need to know about it tell stories just like Cornelius that I was heading one way and all of a sudden everything shifted and changed and and there's been breakthrough in my life, the kids need to hear about it because it's theirs that is an inheritance way beyond even your kids generations things shift and things move you will be saved you and your household And as they began to speak, this is Peter still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. He is now giving testimony to what happened. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is when he was walking with Jesus. He remembers what Jesus said. How cool is that? If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I? that I could stand in God's way. (laughs) And and, and here is the punchline. Please hear this line. And when they heard these things, this is the circumcision party. When they heard these things, they fell silent. There is power in testimony that cannot be refuted. Nobody can tell you you didn't experience that. (laughs) You know, it's like blind Bartimaeus. I don't know if he's a fraud. All I know is that I was blind, and now I can see. <laughs> That's my testimony. And I'm telling you that all of us have those testimonies. All of us have those places where I was here, and now I'm here. I don't know what you want to call this little transition period, but all I know is that I'm free. And, and, we, and we can live and we can move in that place of testimony. They fell silent and they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles, God has also granted repentance that leads to life. This all happened through a man who was devout and generous. That's what that's that's what that's what signaled heaven on their behalf. So here is my word for this place, for this house that you two are stewarding here. I believe with all of my heart that there is a Cornelius anointing here. For many reasons. Number one, you are devout and you are God-fearing. I know your hearts. I've seen your hearts. I've seen you on your knees. I've seen you crying out to God for the things that you wanted. That actually doesn't say what Cornelius was praying. Don't you want to know? Like, I've heard your prayers. Don't you want to know? I'm guessing he was praying for more. I guess he was praying, praying for that place of breakthrough, that place of forward momentum, the place where he plays a role in history, even though he doesn't necessarily see how it's possible. Right? How it's even possible. But I believe that's where it starts. You guys have been devout and God-fearing. You have given generously. We have been the recipients of your generosity, uh, Fred and Michelle, but I also know this. I also know that in your heart and in your life, you have testimony. Don't you? Layers of testimony about God's generosity in response to your generosity. Layers of it. And I'm telling you that it's actually it actually marks you in heaven, it marks you because heaven is looking at you and saying, "These people are devout. These people are generous." Hmm, I think I want to do a movement. <laughs> Wonder where I should go. And he remembers. That's how. That, that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. You have prayed regularly, and he's heard your prayer. I love this about you too, as well. And this is a word. This is a word from the Lord that that what he is calling you to is for you and your household. For you and your household. I believe that the people sitting behind you are going to follow you wherever you go. It's the word of the Lord. I, I, I believe as, he's, as as you are stepping out in some things that are supernatural, that you're stepping out in some things that can't obviously make sense in, in the human sense, um, that these people are going to follow you because of the way that you've commanded your household. Like you are trustworthy people, and so if you feel like you are being drawn to something new, um, people are going to follow you. <laughs> they're going to follow you, and they're actually going to reap the benefit of that place that you have been standing in. Just like, isn't it great to be part of Cornelius' family? <laughs> this is this is what's for you guys because because this is the word. Is the Lord is taking you to different places? The Lord, the Lord. There's been times that you may have felt like you are a square peg in a round hole. But I'm telling you, that was Cornelius' experience. This is a man who loved Jehovah, and yet he was an outsider. He like didn't quite feel like how did he fit. And then an angel visited him, and everything shifted. That's what happens, because the Lord sees that. And I believe that ARC, A-R-C, um, from an apostolic anointing standpoint and from the position that you're in, you're a little bit of a square peg in a round hole. You are not church as usual. <laughs> Everybody's nodding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that, right? And so we have this community because remember the apostolic is about changing the world, about, about the system of this world. And so there's this community here um, called Genoa and the surrounding areas, right? Um, and and they need you, but you're sitting there kind of going, yeah, but we're really different. <laughs> like we're a square peg and a round hole. And yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. we're a a lot of square pegs and a lot of round holes. But 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 here's the deal. Just like with Cornelius, I think he is creating a square hole. That's what happened. He just shifted everything for him. (laughs) And for all of us Gentiles (laughs) that aren't of the circumcision party. (laughs) He just shifted everything. He's like, okay, now there's new rules. Now it's a square peg. Everybody gets to play. (laughs) And that's what he did. And and that was not taken lightly back then. There's there's a lot more paragraphs about, well, don't they still need to be circumcised? Do you remember all the conversations that took place in the Apostles' Because they're like, this is very irregular. We normally don't let the likes of them around us. It was hard. But I'm telling you, the square peg isn't the problem. The round hole is the problem. And he's shifting things in this region so that what you guys are carrying actually brings impact and fits perfectly in what he's doing here. You guys hear that? In what he's doing here. and and it's not because they are wrong or bad and you are good it's just that he's he's going to be breaking down these barriers of the way that we've always done church is it possible that maybe we're not doing church completely right (laughs) release that over you because he's going to give you wisdom in regards to that so that we can connect as the body of Christ that's what he's wanting he's desiring and I believe that you guys are carrying some keys for that um, and it's going to be and I, I really want to remind you of this it's not going to be because you guys just, are going to start just doing everything so perfectly and right, it's because of testimony don't forget the testimony because you all of you can go into this community into this area and you can tell them what God is doing in your life and they will be silent that's, that's what testimony does because there's no theological cancer to the transformation of of your life it's called testimony Amy teaches the root word of testimony is actually the word testy it's about seed it's about about planting seed and that's what I see you guys doing here and it's through the power of testimony and in so doing um, I believe through the spirit that there is going to be crazy testimony coming out of this house and there already is I'm not saying there isn't but but. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up the seatbelt, because that's what's going to bring transformation. I don't know what they're teaching over at ARC, but the stories I hear are of crazy transformation. That's the conversation, I believe, that's going to be rumbling around this community. And that's what you guys are going to need to learn to steward. And tell, and show, and be. And, and it's not armed with, well... 1 Corinthians says that you are doing it wrong. (laughs) That that has never worked, right? That's not what this is about. This is about the transformational power of the Spirit that we just read about in this story. It's a Cornelius anointing that things are going to shift. I believe Genoa's walls are coming down through the word of your testimony. That's the word. I believe with my whole heart that this, that what's happening regionally here, is is that religion is about to get rocked, like in a good way, <laughs> like fall down. Like that's what we learned at camp too. That the the world can sniff religion, and it, and it's abhorrent to their nose. They they don't like it. But what's coming out of this house? What's coming out of what you guys are carrying? Is an authenticity, there's a realness, there's a sincerity, there's a there is a truth, there is that place of of sweetness that comes from a place of testimony. And it's gonna be coming out of this house. So do you guys wanna just stand there are just gonna you guys just wanna extend your hand to them, we're just gonna release this word, Amor. Do you wanna just come and lay hands to you? I'm yeah, gonna have you come lay hands here too, and we'll just this release. This is a word over you guys. Shut up, God. Shut hmm. So I'm just gonna remind you too that um, this is not by your own strength. Right? So say that, not by my strength. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Right? This isn't something that you guys have to work for or perform for. This is about testimony. This is just about the goodness of God in your lives, okay? So Lord, I just release right now this Cornelius anointing over this house, Lord God. I release the Cornelius anointing, Lord Jesus, over Fred and Michelle and what they're carrying here, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they have been devout that they have been gracious, that they have been generous, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that their eyes have been opened to the poor. Lord, Lord, I thank you that they have been calling out for more, for more, for more, for more, for more. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they haven't been content in just playing church, but Lord, that they're calling out for systems to be healed in Jesus' name. And Lord, you've planted them, I believe, after 34 years, I believe that you planted them in the right place to do it. There's something about this place, Lord God. There's something about what you're doing here, Lord God. There's there's something about about ark being planted um, in this region, Lord God, that is ready, that is ripe. And Lord, is it quite possible that this is a new thing? Is it quite possible, Lord Jesus, that you've remembered them? that you're calling them to a new thing? Lord, is it quite possible that the round hole is changing into a square hole? (laughs) Lord, you're on the move and, and you're calling for the purity of your bride. You're calling for the unity of your bride in this time, Lord. It's essential. And so these walls of religion need to come down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just release, Lord God, a favor over Fred and Michelle in relationships with other leaders in this community, Lord God. However that looks, I don't know what that looks like, but Lord, I release favor over them, Lord Jesus, that the words that they say would be like a healing balm, Lord, to other ministers here in this area. And Lord, that there would be favor, there would be doors opened, there would be opportunity for community, there would be opportunity for working together and unity in the body, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, we're just going to sit back and see how you're going to do this Lord God because it's your heart you love you love this community you love the people here Lord God and Lord Jesus you are anointing these two to carry a torch of unity Lord Lord I just release the power of the supernatural over this home and over everyone Lord here uh, who is here and the families that are here supernatural healing supernatural power supernatural testimony Lord God coming out of this home Lord God Thank you, Lord. The willingness to receive it, the willingness to talk about it, the willingness to testify it in this area, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this place. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've remembered them. I thank you, Lord God, that you are moving in this place, Lord, as we can all look and watch and see what you're going to do as an example, as an example of unity in the bride. So, Lord, as these two are standing here saying, yes, Lord, Lord, we just release it and we confirm it and we say, yes, Lord God, do what you're going to do in your timing, and in your way, Lord Jesus. We love the power of your spirit as just a fellow brother in Christ, Lord. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen here. Hmm. We will be taking notes in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh. Oh amen amen we love you all okay i'm just going to pray over you guys father i just thank you lord for everyone that's here lord jesus i just uh i just release your spirit over them lord god as they go uh even this week lord jesus they would feel your presence they would feel your goodness lord god and as 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 even amy was teaching about transitions lord god as they're transitioning lord jesus even in this realm in the supernatural realm where i just release the spirit of courage and of strength And Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to the community around them, Lord Jesus. And as they just simply share their heart and their testimony, Lord God, I just release that transformation over them. I release healing over their families, over their marriages, over their lives, Lord God. Until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you all very much.